Galatians 1 is very interesting because Paul addresses the Galatians in a way that he has in the other churches. So we're going to just start off in Galatians 1 1. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So Paul begins his introduction to the Galatians in the letter, and he states at the very beginning, an apostle, but not an apostle of man as Matthias was, but of God himself. Jesus chose the 12 apostles. Judas hanged himself. The 11 apostles chose Matthias to fill in for Judas, the 12, to the Jews. God chose Paul, the apostle, for the Gentiles. Paul was called to Jesus himself, not through the machinations of man. For if man had called him, man can take away his calling. That is very important later on. So grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus. Paul very clearly defines God's relationship and Jesus' relationship to the Christian here. Jesus gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from the present evil world, and we can say that even today, according to the will of God and our Father. The will of God and our Father, who is a second time our Father. Think about it. Not just as the giver of life, he breathed life into Adam's nostrils, and he gave his creation. He gave man life when he breathed life into the nostrils. But when Christ died on that cross, he gave us spiritual life and became our father twice over, if we accept that. Hence, we must be born again. We're born once into the physical. Now we must be born again into the spiritual according to the will of God and our Father. Being born once of the Father's creation is not enough to be imbued with the life that we need. We must be born again the second time of the Spirit. Never has that thought hit me so clearly as it did when I was reading this this afternoon. God, our Father, and our Father. Think about that. According to the will of God and our Father, and how does Paul follow up that Jesus died on the cross to pay for the sins of man according to the will of God and our Father? And how does Paul follow that very thought? To whom be glory forever and ever. God gave us life. God came to this earth and died again that we might have life again. And to him be glory forever and ever. 
put the Apostle Paul follows that up with. Very interesting when the, the way it hit me this afternoon. You must be born again for God and our Father. Think about that. Galatians 1.6 I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Is there any other gospel? No. What is gospel? Gospel is the good news. Paul says, I marvel. I marvel. I am amazed. But not that you are removed. I am amazed, but that you are so soon removed from he who called you into the grace of Christ. Who is it that calls men to repentance? God the Father and the Spirit call all men unto him. And they are so soon removed from him and his grace unto another gospel. There is no other gospel. There is only the gospel of Jesus. The gospel is the good news. And our gospel is the good news of Christ. They have been removed from the grace of Christ. And that gospel, the good news of Christ, unto another. Galatians 1.7 Which is not another but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. This is all in the introduction. Paul's letting them have it. The gospel they were removed to is not a gospel, but it is a perversion of the gospel of Christ. Those that trouble them are those that are casting them into doubts and fears. Those that trouble them are those that are stirring up the doubts, the fears. Those that trouble them are those that are adding to and taking away from the gospel. Sounds familiar, don't it? We have that very gospel permeating the very world instead of the true gospel of Christ. They are perverting it. They are corrupting it just as they did in the day of Paul. So soon after Paul was there and established the church and won the converts, so soon after they are now doing the same thing they're doing today. They're perverting the gospel of Christ. 1.8 But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And as we have said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that that ye have received, let him be accursed. What is that gospel? If any man preach any gospel unto you other than that which we have preached, the gospel of Christ, the shed blood, the sacrifice given that we might have life and have it more abundantly, the gospel of our lives being bought with a price. Salvation is free to man. Salvation is free. We must just reach out and accept it. But it costs Christ his very life on the cross. Humiliation, pain, suffering, separation from God. God turned his back on his son, not on creation. God didn't turn his back on us. God gave us a way to get back to it. God turned his back on his son, on that cross. And the son, according to the will of God, suffered and died that we might have life. Christ gave his very life on the cross. A price was paid for us, and any gospel that preaches anything other than that 
is a perversion, and it is of the devil. Please note, Paul says, whether man or angel presents any gospel other than that which they were presenting at the beginning, it is perversion. If an angel from heaven comes down and gives you anything other than the gospel from this book, it is perversion. The gospel is the good news of Jesus. Believe not the false teachers. Prove them by the very word of God and the spirit indwelling, and you will know what the truth is. Galatians 1.10 For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. If he stood up here and he said what is pleasing to men, what they want to hear is a lot of churches, churches, quotation marks, a lot of churches in this world are doing right now, they're saying to men what man wants to hear. They're not preaching the gospel of Jesus that you are a sinner and you're not going to heaven except you believe in Jesus Christ. That's it. You are bought with a price. You are not your own. You belong to him. Also the gospel. The gospel of God wants you healthy, wealthy, whole, living your best life is perversions. Christ died that you might live for God and glorify his name, not your own name, and live comfortably and wealthy. That's a perversion. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. The gospel Paul preached is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, and this is me adding, by man, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul, on the road to Damascus, he's going to persecute Christians. He's going to hail them out of their house, drag them out of their house, men, women, and children. He's going to drag them out of their, their houses, take them back, dump them in prison, and kill them for the church. Well, not the church, Christian church, but the temple and the Jewish leaders. He says, Jesus revealed himself to me on the road to Damascus. In every gospel that you're or the gospel that you are hearing me preach right now, I received by revelation from Jesus Christ himself. God gave Paul his gospel. It's the same gospel we have in this Bible. God cannot, God will not give a new message. There is no new message. There is only the message. The gospel Paul preaches is not of man. It was delivered to him by the revelation of Jesus himself. Paul is the hand-picked evangelist of Christ himself to the Gentiles. Anybody who says that the, that the Bible is Paul and everything else is wrong. Paul is a continuation of Jesus' ministry here on earth. The Jews rejected him. The word is now sent to the Gentiles, and Paul was the one designed and raised up to carry that to the Gentiles. It is not a separate New Testament. It is a continuation New Testament. Think about that and remember that. There are people out there who say, I don't listen to Paul. I only listen to Jesus. No, no. You don't listen to Paul. You're not listening to Jesus because Jesus handpicked and sent Paul on his way. 
Gospel 113. Or Galatians 113, Gospel. Galatians 1.13. For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion. See what he says? The time past, he was in the Jews' religion. That's who he was persecuting the Christians for. How that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. He was actually used to disperse it to further work the will of God. But he's not saying that here. He's and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Paul's given his testimony. He was called and separated by God, but he did not go to the apostles for teaching. For what Paul was given was from the Jesus that died for us himself. Jesus himself is teaching Paul. Paul was not of the Jews, even though he was Jewish. Paul was of the Gentiles, for he was Roman. And he was going to deliver the gospel to a world that had never had it given to them before. He was given this very specific plan and path by God himself. And he conferred not with flesh and blood, meaning he conferred with the Spirit of God himself. That's where Jesus, or Paul got the education to take the gospel to a Gentile world. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him for 15 days. But other of the apostles saw I none, save James, the Lord's brother. For two weeks, he dealt with and conferred with Peter. And he also met James. But all of all the others, he did not interact on this visit. Please note, he makes the distinction between James, the son of Zebedee, and James, the brother of Jesus. He's letting you know who he's met. He's letting you know that he talked to James, the brother of Jesus. He talked to Peter. Everybody knows Peter in the Christian church. He's letting you know that he's dealt with these men. This is where his, not his, his authority comes from, but they recognized him and they understood him. So he's not name dropping just to be dropping names. He's giving you a little background on his testimony. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. Afterwards I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preaches the faith which once he destroyed, and they glorified God in me. The apostle Paul was a persecutor of the church. He was tearing the church apart, killing the church, literally killing the church. God reached out, touched him, changed his life, took him into the desert, taught him himself. Sent him to Peter, sent him to James, he met him. They know who he is. He coexisted for a bit. Now he's back out. And he is talking about the churches where he went to Cilicia and Syria. 
He was unknown by face, but they knew of his reputation, the one who was chief persecutor and has now become chief proclaimer. And they glorified God in Paul's testimony, in Paul's ministry. They glorified God, not because of Paul, but because of the power of God to reach down and convert it. That's why they're glorifying God in him. Paul is now giving his testimony. But here's the thing I want you to get. This is an earth-shaking testimony. For Paul is shaking the earth with the gospel of Jesus. Again, the chief persecutor is now become the chief proclaimer to the Gentiles. And that testimony is shaking the very world. Yet, because of his persecution of the Christians, which, by the way, Paul does not shy away from admitting that's who he was. He uses it to reinforce who he is. You get that? He doesn't shy away from admitting what he was. Doesn't go into gory detail, but he does admit that because of who he was, Jesus intervened in his life. Praise God, he is who he is now because of the hand of God. He uses his testimony for drama. He uses his testimony to reinforce his gospel and his conversion. He uses his past life to drive home the good news, to really get people to understand that the gospel is a life-changing event. For he was already, he was already rich and powerful when he was on the road to Damascus, when Christ met him. He was already rich. He was already powerful more than all of his peers for his zealousness. But when Christ got a hold of him and his life changed, Paul became an outcast. He lost all he had. He served Christ that he met on the road to Damascus. He was an itinerant, homeless. He gave up his life of wealth. Once again, Paul is defeating the very prosperity gospel that people are out there proclaiming. He was rich. He gave it up when he met Christ. He was healthy. He gave it up when he met Christ. When he met Christ, he became happy in his service. The money, the power, the authority wasn't making him happy. Jesus met him on the road, showed him the true gospel, and Jesus made him happy. Galatians 2.1 14 years later after the first Jerusalem visit, where he spent 15 days with Peter, he picks up. Then 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. And I went up by revelation and commuted unto them the gospel, I communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any, any means I should run or had run in vain. So 14 years after the first time he met Peter and he met James, the brother of Jesus, he goes back up to Jerusalem with Barnabas and Titus. He says he went up by revelation, which means God told him to go up there. And he gives account of what he preached, his successes, and I'm guessing he gave account of his trials too. 
for he was telling them of everything that had gone on so they would know he was making progress. They would have reports of what was going on. They would have validation that he is the apostle to the Gentiles, and they wouldn't think he's just out spinning his wheels in the mud. Galatians 2, 3. But neither Titus, who was with me being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. Titus was not compelled. At this time, they were not yet preaching. You must be circumcised to the Gentiles who want to be part of the church. The Jews, the 12 apostles, had crept in to what they were preaching, the 12 apostles were preaching, and they started preaching that in order to be a Christian and of Jesus' following, you have to be circumcised. Paul's uh, debating, I think, negating that right now. Neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And that because of false brethren, unawares, brought in. They brought in false Brother, people who were adding to and taking away from the word of God, who came in privily to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. It's funny how they were under Moses' law. Christ came, died for them, lifted them out of the law because Christ fulfilled the law. We're no longer under it, and they're trying to put it right back under the Mosaic law. To whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. But of these who seem to be somewhat, whatsoever they were, and make of no matter to me, God accepteth no man's person. For they who seem to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. For he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me towards the Gentiles. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me, Bar me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship that we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. Only they would that we should remember the poor, the same which I also was forward, I was already doing, the same also I was forward to do. Paul is running into some problems in the church. He is the apostle to the Gentile. Peter, James, the 12 apostles, they're to the Jews. But there are some men who have crept in unawares and have come into the congregation that are trying to sell, you must be circumcised to be of the Christian church. Paul's not having that. Because if we're back under the Mosaic law, why did Jesus have to die? If we were set free from, or set free from the law and given liberty, then why must we be circumcised? But contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me, James, John, and Peter saw that the gospel of the circumcision, or that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed, the Gentiles was committed unto him, just as Peter was given the gospel to the Jews, the circumcised. They gave him the right hand of fellowship, and they said, this is your ministry, go. We'll deal with our problems. James, Peter, John, upon hearing of what, is Paul, of what Paul is doing, and how Peter was the apostle to the Jews, and Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles, they accepted it, and they gave him the right hand of fellowship. It was something new for them, because they, 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 they were Jews under Jesus. They were still doing what they were told to do, because Christ did the law. Christ followed the law. So they were still doing what they were doing, 
even though Peter had the Cornelius incident, and he was told by God what I call unclean, don't you call, or what I call clean, don't you call unclean. We're still having this trouble with pe with people uh, adding to and taking away from the gospel. Now, in this point, I've made, and it's always found it very fascinating. There is a congregation in Jerusalem. James, the very brother of Jesus, is running this congregation, the church in Jerusalem. John, the disciple that Jesus loved, was in this congregation. Peter, the impetuous, impulsive Peter, he was in this congregation. And false teachers had crept in to this congregation. Those three men had false teachers creep into their ministry. It's going to happen to us too. We have to be vigilant. Paul is talking to them, saying that we're not following the circumcision. That's not who we are. That's not why we were called. So James, Peter, and John, appearing upon hearing of what Paul is doing, they accept his ministry. They accept his ministries of God. They give him the right hand of fellowship. They fellowship with him, they talk with him, and then they send him on his way. Him and Barnabas are going to continue on reaching the Gentiles, the heathen, as Paul, or as James, Peter, and John are going to continue on reaching the Jews. And thus the gospel unto all the world is now going to be proclaimed. That's Paul's job, and that's what he does. He proclaims it to all the gospel. He goes to every traveling port that he can possibly get to, and he preaches the gospel and he sends it out because when Paul goes and preaches, people spread it. That's what, what you're supposed to do. He goes into a town. He makes disciples. He sends them on the way. He goes to another town. He makes some disciples. He sends them on the way. The next time, when we get back to Galatians again, Paul and Peter are going to have a 